If wow. you live in the I'm South Metro area, the idea of taking all the top-notch don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. It has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Go. In the air, deep right center field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Now, let's jump into the show. And let's just jump right into part two of our superstar panel conversation We're right in the middle of discussing what it really means to be the most valuable player in Major League Baseball. We disagree a lot. They don't have to have the word valuable in the middle of it. Go on Twitter and watch watch what we do on Twitter and we'll see. So here's the thing that's interesting about that. I I actually wrote a little bit about that in the piece. Uh, My number six entrant was Nolan Arenado for the 2016 and 2017 MVP problem. And Kevin, I know know we talked about this one a lot. He got cheated. Because this was a... Right, so... He came in fifth and fourth. In 2016, Chris Bryant won almost exclusively. They were basically the same player, were Arenado and Bryant, according to all the stats. But Bryant was on a postseason team. Arenado was not. So he came in fifth. The next season, Arenado had a better year in every way than he did in 2016. He hit 309, 373, slugged 586. He had fewer home runs by four, but he put up a 7.1 BWAR, so more than his 6.6 year before. He came in fourth, and the winner was Giancarlo Stanton of the Miami Marlins, who won 17 baseball games or whatever it was. And so it's just, Ed, what, <laughs> what do you, yeah. Ed, what do you, well, <laughs> I, no one were keeping a PG-13 here. <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts on I'll, that? I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> that's crap, okay? Um, I'd love to say a lot more about it, but that's crap. I think this is, without a doubt, in my mind, the best third baseman I've ever watched play the game over the course of my lifetime. He, he will be a Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind. I hope he's not the first guy from this team to go in the Hall of Fame. Can he's he go going in the Hall in of Fame having never won an MVP? And has that ever happened I, before? I don't know, but I'm I think... Sure it has. Okay. I mean, you can find a, you can find an example of everybody. Kyle Bates never won. Harold Bates. Yeah. Okay. Good point. That might be oh. cherry picking because you know he went through a veterans committee. But yeah. You got a couple of veterans committee guys who have gotten in. Yeah. Yeah. Season. I mean, but if Nolan doesn't win, no. I mean, I I think Nolan Arenado um, and Tracy. Before you got here, I was saying to these guys that the the two guys over the course of the time that I've been watching this club that I think have had the absolute best baseball instincts are Nolan and Larry Walker, those two. I'd throw Helton into that conversation too, without a doubt. But the bottom line for me is simply this. We're, we're back to that whole argument about 
where we're going to take off points because he played at Coors Field. None of us here know right now whether Nolan Arenado is going to complete his career as a Colorado Rocket. We hope he will, but we don't know. I guarantee you that guy's going into the Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't think there's any way on God's green earth that you keep him out based on what he has shown in the, in the first number of years of his career. Now, if, if for some reason an injury or something were to shorten his career, then maybe you see a situation where that may all change. I don't envision that. I, he's the best damn third baseman I've ever seen. Nolan Arenado could end up being the best third baseman all time. All time. Very easy. All time? When Sal said that, he might be. Yeah, I mean. He's, and, he's in that conversation. And, and I told him one day in the clubhouse last season, I said, you know, I saw Robinson, I saw Schmidt. Name the other guys that have been around the last 30, 40 years, right, that you and I have seen. Scott Rowland. Metals, you know, Scott Rowland, another great one. Beltran. It's like I say about pitching in Colorado. Here you've got Mount Halliday, and then you've got everybody else that came after. Well, here you've got Mount Arenado and all those other guys with all due respect to them. Wow. You touched on something, too, the idea of taking all the points. How many points do you take off? Yeah, we were just talking about That's that. Right. We have advanced numbers now, which get us closer to the truth. Um, but when, for, for a lot of the guys we're talking about in this discussion, like, Helton and uh, Walker, or Helton and Bichette. Helton showed in the MVP in 2000. Bichette. Um, and they didn't win. What? He's, he's going back to the they, they didn't, didn't win. win. Yeah, and, and Bichette, you know, Bichette, based on everything that you would look at as a writer, there's no contest. He was MVP. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, if you're going to go but by the because they, they did win. But, but to Patrick's uh, you know, point, they, they didn't know how much to put, you know, how much to dock them. You know, like, they're like, well, it's Moonball. You know, I don't know. Right. But they didn't even so, know that in 95. They weren't yeah. sure what it was in Well, that's part. true. You're right. That was the third year in, and they really didn't know exactly what it was. Uh, at the ballpark. Oh, 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 and the other ballpark right. was such Playing a... Playing it. Well, yeah. yeah. But, the, yeah, so, but most, right of, most of the players back then had played in Denver. Yeah. And the other ballpark, but, it, you know, at one time it was a great baseball ball, but then Pips on both teams. And once it got to the point where... The Bears didn't have to subsidize the Broncos, that the Broncos could actually turn a profit. All of a sudden, the stadium started to go through dramatic changes to accommodate the NFL. Yeah. So but before then, they didn't mess with them because the Bears were subsidizing the Broncos. Hey, good gig if you can get it. But how about the role that, uh, all right, and Kevin's going to tap out for a minute. Thank Enjoy having uh, Kevin along for the conversation, too. But you brought up... Uh, Something there, Ed, that made me think about another name. Because uh, you mentioned, who knows if Arnold is going to, you know, spend his whole career here? Well, somebody who put up a lot of great hitting numbers, who we now know is not going to spend his whole career here, is DJ LeMayhew, who is now on the verge of becoming the first player to ever win batting titles in both leagues. What does? Oh, did he fall out of it? Oh, he's, he's fallen back. Well, he's in, he's was in the conversation. Let's. Say. I think we've at least come to understand. So, what can can a player like DJ LeMay? You have. I, I mean, I thought it would have happened with Holiday. Matt Holiday had success after he left here, and that didn't seem to shift the conversation all that much. But I don't, what do you do when you see, especially New York media guys coming out going, "Wow, nobody knew DJ LeMay could be so great," and we're all, we're all going. <laughs> Yeah, well, here in New York, there's a Hudson River, and the world doesn't exist. It, it didn't go past it that. It was like last year. This goes on a different subject, but Josh Allen had a play that you might have seen where he jumped over the lineman. Oh, yeah, tackle. yeah. And this guy at a New York radio station tweeted out and said, "Here's something nobody's ever seen before." And within 30 minutes, there were six different videos from when he was in Wyoming. <laughs> he was jumping over people. It's like, yeah, there, there is life. West of the Hudson River. Beyond that, East yeah. Coast bias is that possibly? What well, New York, <laughs> yes. New York, New York Specific. takes East Coast bias to a whole different level. Yeah. Well, I think baseball fans, even in the sports pundits in New York, knew how, how good Lemayhew was. I know Manny is a, a big Chris Russo fan, and uh, Chris Russo and, and <laughs> Mad Dog. Maybe not. Uh, and Mike Francesa, obviously, they were a great team at WFAN forever. I mean, they kind of started sports radio uh, on the 24-7, you know, uh, terrestrial radio. And Francesa, the takes he had on it, he's very often wrong. He did say, hey, everyone is, is talking about how good Lemayhew's going to play, particularly inside. Yeah, but team. they believed in him so much they gave him a two-year contract. And yeah. told me he'd be yeah. a utility player. Yeah. Fair. And, yeah. Look, and look where he's been playing. 
he's been all over the infield. Yeah. It's not just one position. I mean, they've been playing him a lot of third, and he's been very effective there. So, you know, I think the Yankees see now the complete package that D.J. LeMahieu is. He, they see from him not only the hitter, but again, we were talking earlier about instincts, great baseball instincts. I left him out of the conversation. Yeah. I but, I mean, he's a guy that I think you could take him and put him on any team, and, and if that team's need is evident, and it's a need that he can fill, he's going to more than fill it. He's going to take it to another level. But because, and, because he didn't have the big power numbers, it took forever for anybody other than Richie Sisk to appreciate him. This was his manager at Daytona Beach. Yeah. And he still tells a story. He goes, I showed up at the ballpark early one day, and the batting cage was off the clubhouse. And all I could hear is this guy hitting hitting line drive saying, it's not that hard, LeMay. You wake up. And so uh, he says, Zisk, who is a good friend of mine from Seattle. So I called Zisk, and he goes, well, you know, everybody, it's like Steve Henderson, who had played for the Mariners, and he was at Cincinnati in the Mets. Everybody thought he was big, and he's supposed to be a power hitter. So they all tried to change his stroke. He was a great, pure hitter. Yeah. Okay, he was six foot three. He weighed 230 pounds. He wasn't a power hitter, but he was going to hit 350 if people left him alone. And that's what I tried to tell DJ. If you're supposed to hit with power, as you get established, you'll understand how to turn on the ball. But if you hit 320, 330, 340, you're going to be fine. Yeah, that'll be well, right. Here's the other thing, too, is that uh, it's a small sample, so you can't really make take, take, much, take much from it in the way of conclusions. Not even um, with analytics? What's that? Not even with analytics? <laughs> Not even with analytics. <laughs> sample size is a very important aspect of analytics. However, uh, for what it's worth, DJ LeMayu doesn't have to go back and forth between altitude and sea level now. Um, right. And I think that I think that you know, if no one if no one was to go to LA or something, right? Um, How dare you? No. <laughs> See, I, I, you just I've, like personally I've, injured many people I've listening. Floated, to this. I've already floated this out on, on, on another radio thing. But. You mean angels? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but in theory, yeah. In, in theory, he goes to he goes and plays his, his home games at sea level. Nolan Arnato is going to be. I don't think we can even. I don't think we can fathom how good he's going to be because he doesn't have to go down. And you know, we, you wonder why you got to wait for Nolan after you know after a game or Charlie after a game. And the reason is because they're recovering, right? And they've got to recover. <coughs> recover. They, they, these guys work extremely hard, way more than other guys have to, to be what they are, even what they are now on the road, whether they're good or not. I mean, that's that's to be seen in the numbers. But they have to work that much harder. You, you take a guy out of away from the Rockies and you put him on another team. Um, don't be surprised if he starts putting up monster numbers. And again, small sample, but I wouldn't be surprised if DJ becomes a different player altogether in terms of the level of offensive production that he gives in the next three, four, five years. It's funny, this is not the first time that it's happened. Dexter Fowler has done it, Matt Holliday has done it, a lot of position player guys. I mean, it's happened with pitchers too. Obviously. Drew Pomeranz, Jordan Lyles, the list goes on and on. But you brought up something that also Ed touched on, and it was a phrase Chad Bettis said to me that began this whole me going down this rabbit hole was he said we have to make the most elite adjustments of anybody in the game of baseball and and as a scout somebody you know we oftentimes we, we talk about the game your hitting tool your power tool your fielding tool your throwing tool you know whatever those types of things but make how, how well do you make adjustments is probably more important than any of those other things, right? Because they don't have an analytic for that. Th there's no analytic for that, yeah. hey Manny. There's no analytics. There's an analysis for that. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that um, that's why we are having this conversation, right? Um, because you can't measure everything. That's a fact. Uh, you know, somebody I think you know, Saris was tweeted something about you know trying to figure out who the manager of the year is and trying to find a metric for it. And he's a very analytical guy. As you know, he writes for Pangrass. He's like, you can't. That's, let's not try. Yeah. Okay? Because there's so much more that goes into that than what you could put into a number. So analytics are important. They've made uh, our game... It's white. Like Ricky said William Bitter in 1937. Exactly. They've been around forever. We just haven't been... It just hasn't been in vogue like it is now. No, it's just that guys didn't brag about it because they didn't want everybody else to know what they were doing. That's why Branch Rickey never mentioned analytics 
until after his final year of it's yeah. proprietary. Well, right. And, and most well, of the... I mean, if it's that good, why are you telling everybody what you're well, doing? Well, right. the thing yeah. about it is is that now in the age of social media, in the age of um, the digital age, it's everywhere all the time anyway. And I think no, because, that's probably because, why people are it's put out there and right. it's, it's, just like, out there now. it's like you got so many guys, too, that don't even watch the game. All they do is sit and they, they go over um, statistics and analyze them. And they're working for ball clubs and... They don't even see a game. Yeah, yeah. No if you don't they know, know what the human element is. If you don't know, Tracy is Tracy is uh, not an analytics guy. Well, I'm actually, uh, <laughs> I, I was actually a statistics I, major, and I'm I, 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 you know, he's not an analytics guy, which is fun because we always have these Twitter Twitter battles. You know, people think we hate each other or something. We we get along great. And I thought we were good. Oh, it goes one way. Right. But, well, as one of my friends said, we're so good with analytics, and we have everything so well with our young pitchers. And we have them also that they can't build up arm strength because they don't pitch any. So we only had to do 15 Tommy Johns on our minor leagues this year. As, as, with, as with most things in life, the answer lies somewhere in between. We got, we got the, uh, the analytics, the extreme analytics over here. We've got the extreme old school people over here who, who don't want to have anything to do with these new numbers, these new, newfangled numbers, right? Um, the answer is usually somewhere in the middle. You have to use your head. Use the brain God gave you but to determine what. There. That's right. And they've always yeah. been there. The analytics have but, always but been now, there, but now everybody but now wants to say they're the die, they're living, live and die with it. Well, you're, you're, you're talking the about you're talking about the other extreme, okay? And we have to understand that if you're not if you're on one of those extremes, you're probably wrong. Well, there's been so, very few successful people in this game that were that were on one of those extremes. And, and so right. the bottom line yeah. is, I mean, Houston's so good at analytics, they figured out that Scherzer can pitch. The bottom line <laughs> is, and then they came up with Greinke. The Nobody Astros, amazed me. The Greinke could get anybody the out. The Astros are a great example of what we're what we would say is in the middle. Okay, no, they, they, they they've also they developed one player been, from their own farm system. They've always been an analytics. Uh, driven team, or not always, but you know, in the, in the past uh, seven, six, seven years, have been an analytics driven team. They basically tore it all down, built it all back up again. No, they and didn't. In four years, they have they one player out of their farm system that's a regular that they've that they've signed and developed. With their great analytics system, they've been able Anal to find one player. Analytics, analytics does not uh, only exist in player development; also exists in free agency. And JZ Martinez, they got rid of him. They wouldn't. They released him. And so the fact that they have five pitchers in their starting rotation that are all guys who can throw you a complete game yeah, every and, night, and they were, the, and, and they are one of the most analytical. And you would have never known Verlander was capable of that. They do the also Astros shift do. on Tony Walton, which is objectively stupid. Are, are at the forefront of And Greinke got $35 million a year because nobody knew he could pitch. Because what you're saying, Tracy, is these people on, this extreme, these people on the extreme radiates, right? That's what you're saying. But what I'm saying is there's no need to have a fight about it. It's good for it's good for this stuff. It's good for like going on podcasts. I'm going to say, fine by me. <laughs> radio stuff. But the bottom line is... You're talking about the extremes. I'm talking about real talking reality. About I'm talking about trying We're to get. About the I'm trying to get as close to reality as we can. That's why advanced metrics matter. We are basically looking at the game through a new lens. Not all statistics are equal are, are of equal value, but we're looking at something that makes the game. We understand the game better. That's not a bad thing. The problem come, The problem is, is when one side, i.e., you, well, with all due respect. Want to vilify the other side completely, I'm and then they do build. What, 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 what did you study in college? What was your major? Was it statistics? Political science. Mine was statistics. Good. So I know what statistics are. They're well, like sure. they're, they're you, crap. But, that you make but, a, you can make here. statistics say anything but you want. What I'm saying is, well, yeah, let me let me jump in here. Okay. in the middle with me. Let me jump. You're not in the middle. Let me jump in here for a second. There can be no doubt that analytics and, and the interpretation and assessment of data has dramatically affected the landscape of baseball. More so in recent years, the last four or five years, to the point where um, you have ball clubs now, to Tracy's point, that all they're hiring for, for their baseball operations office are young data geeks, not saying that with any disrespect, just that's what I'd label them, data geeks that come in they may have never seen a game of baseball. They're on their computer all day. That's all they do. That's the trend. That's that's where the pendulum has swung. Now, Manny, I'm going to agree with you on one part of this, and that is that I think somewhere in the middle is where reality is and where, where the game needs to be. You've got to use the data. There's no question about it. But what I don't like is how far the pendulum has swung to where you've got ball clubs now that are firing scouts. They're releasing guys that that have seen the game, watched the game, assess players visually, not not on a computer, but visually, for the, for 
the, the tenure of their career. I think at some point the pendulum's going to start to swing back the other direction because I think it has to. I, I myself, I mean, in the last couple of years, I, I've paid more attention to things like Rapsodo and things like that. I used to think that was an app feature on a phone. I didn't know what Rapsodo was. <laughs> yeah, I like Rapsodo. You know, but the, for me, I don't think there will ever be a substitute for seeing a player in person and evaluating them in person. They're not all the same. Absolutely. You know, we're basically just rehashing trouble with the curve right now. But, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, Clint Eastwood's over here, and, and I've, been, I've been painted out to be the, 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 the guy who's... Um, who's, the, who's the guy in the, 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 the tournament? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the guy, guy in the suit. The guy in the suit. Pete. Yeah. Pete. Yeah. In money, or in Moneyball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, or Pete in Moneyball. I'd rather be him. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Here's the thing. Yes, I think the pendulum will swing back because there's this thing that I mean, you've heard of FOMO. I have FOFB, fear of falling behind. It's a copycat league. When 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 there's a trend, people not only follow it, they try to get out ahead of it, and that's where things start getting out of control. I, I don't I don't disagree with you there, but he's shifting on Tony Bolters. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, right. I shift on the Astros did that too. What I'm I know. Is, the reason I give the Astros as an example is. You know this whole bullpenning thing, right? They got five guys that can go out there and basically just toss into the game every night, and they are one of the most analytically uh, inclined teams, if not the most, in baseball, right? We look at them that way because they realize they're not going to that place where Ed's talking about, the extreme, and they're not going to this uh, other extreme of being like, we're just going to bury our heads in the sand. They are utilizing data because we have it. The speed at which um, technology this goes for any technology. The speed at which technology or anything advanced metric related um, changes, the rate at which it changes gets faster. So it's harder to keep up as you go along in time, right? right. So with that being said, that's the same thing in baseball. So the, a lot of people are getting left behind in, in this whole revolution, right? This whole advanced sabermetric revolution. And it's not necessarily their fault. And then once you get, once you fall behind, then all you can do is point to the other side and say, you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? So the bottom line is the answer is somewhere in the middle. Tracy wasn't in the middle, even though he said he was. He was on the he was all the on the other side, yelling at the other side across the other across the Rocky Mountains. He's gonna grab a steel folding chair here. We're right. going WWE before no, this thing's over. We brought Mike Petriello in for the yeah. conversation. Uh, I know, really I got it going. I love Mike, and we don't have to argue about it. Let's look at the merits. I do agree. If I was a, if I was a scouter, if I was in an analytics department, there's no way I would not go out to see a player. Got to do it. You got to do it. And and let me add one other thing to what I said earlier. And this is kind of an anecdotal thing. And I'm not going to mention the guy's name because he's not sitting at our table now. But there's one of the newer members of the media earlier this year. Uh, and Drew, I think you've heard me say this before. Um, I was talking to a scout who was sitting to my right. This was back in May, I think, May or June. And we were talking about, you know, analytics and what it's doing. The, we weren't talking too much about the pluses of it. We were talking about the negatives of it in many respects. And this young guy turned around to me and he goes, Ed, you need to understand that the pitcher who's out on the mound now has got the best spin rate of anybody, you know, and he's, he's throwing all these numbers at me. And I said, that's great. He's still got to be able to pitch. So he turns around again and he said, and then, and then if you look at the spin rate and measure it against, I said, all right, I understand that. So it was Charlie Blackman was up at bat, opposing pitcher, First pitch, Charlie fouls it off. Second pitch, Charlie drove it into the Rockies' bullpen. And as it was leaving the park, I said, that effing thing is spinning pretty good right now. You know? <laughs> spin so, you know, I, I think you have to look at it from the standpoint of, you know, just the reality. I mean, I again, I think from, from my it, standpoint. Try to get to what's real. What's that? Try to get to what's real. Try yeah, to get to I mean, unearth what's real. I, I, and, the, and that's what advanced metrics are about, and that's how they should be used. And therefore, use your brain. Brain God gave you. Use it for context. Use it for understanding when a stat should be used. And use it for understanding when you need to look up from your computer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the guys, too. The guy that has the best spin rate in baseball is a guy that's got virtually no spin rate at all and he's an unbelievable pitcher. Oh, yeah. It, it, no, not everyone can... about that here. Was it Rich Hill? Was it Rich Hill? It's a guy that's like one of the better guys. That, but that's the bottom line is that's where I get when people start trying to say 
Well, this is what the statistics say. You have to understand the individual you're dealing with as well because statistics don't tell you who can handle pressure. Statistics don't tell you who can who can find the extra thing. They're great. They're a starting point. They're a basis. They, but the other thing of it is they have been for decades. Well, I, mean, I, I can still remember Dave Dunton and Renee Latchman, and he did it when he was still here. Chart every pitch. Chart every pitch of every game. And they went to Mike Moore after his first year, and they said, Mike, we keep telling you that you're overthrowing the baseball. Do you realize that when your fastball's at 93, that they're hitting 190, and when your fastball's at 96, they're hitting 278 against you? Because your fastball at a higher velocity doesn't have the movement. These were guys that were doing it by hand, by watching the game, and then charting it afterwards. So it's it's not this revolution that's taken over the game. Earl Weaver had these papers that he looked at the whole sure. game. He yep. was always making movies. I think that's the thing that bothers me the most. It's just because you can put it into a computer, you don't have to understand what you're feeding into a computer. It's now the rave, and everybody has to do it. Well, people have done it for years. They just haven't wanted everyone to know they were doing it. And you know what goes great with any debate about analytics and traditional statistics and any fun baseball conversation where you're sitting around arguing with your friends? That's right. It's a nice cold beer from Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. You can grab yourself an avalanche amber, a strawberry sky. We're getting into that fall time. So the vanilla porter and the oatmeal stout are coming into season. Two of my favorites had a vanilla porter on a cool night the other night. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Remember that this is damn good beer. And every time you drink some, you're helping out BSN Denver. You're helping out me, everybody here at the podcast or uh, on the beat, whatever part of this operation that you enjoy. If you also enjoy beer, then you can get a double whammy and help us out, help them out, and just enjoy your afternoon having some damn good beer and listening to some baseball talk, which we are going to pick up right after this quick commercial break. Hey, if you're like me, and you're trying to figure out how to be a mature, refined adult, or if you just really like wine, you have to check out my friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes Weinster special is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also getting supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the small from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple of wines as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. We especially love Weinster here because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums. So sign up today with the code BSN25 to get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses? Well, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-rich, hemp oil-infused coffee that is non-psychoactive, helps reduce pain naturally, keeps those coffee jitters away, and so much more. I started drinking it because I have degenerative arthritis, and I would prefer to drink coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing, and this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having degenerative arthritis. That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava Craft coffee every day for months now, and she is so happy with the results. I would recommend it to America, to everyone, because it is a fantastic product. It delivers, it does what it says it's going to do, and it's amazing. Put your body back in balance with Strava Craft Coffee and see how good you feel. Order online today and use promo code BSN2018 for 20% off. That's BSN2018. I, th I think the place where it's most useful, actually, though, is if you do come back to it on the other side of it, with like some of these things when we're talking about Walker, because unfortunately, because you can ask anybody who saw him play, and that's a good place to start. And, and that, you know, Manny, even who's pointing out all the statistics or whatever, pointed out what coaches, what players have said about Larry Walker, because that should be enough. But we see that it isn't. 
So when somebody comes to me and they never have watched the Colorado Rockies and they never saw Larry Walker play, but they did see Derek Jeter because he was on TV all the damn time, or whoever else, or the Chipper Jones because he was on TV all the time. That's what I watched when I was a kid. The Braves were always on TV. Sure. Serious question. What was Jeter's range back? Seriously. Not good. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. When we talked about. But he that. wasn't a good defender. When we talked about. <laughs> we talked about. Jeter, we talked about we talked about the fact, and you weren't here, but we said, look, it's, if you want to paint this in a really stark picture that should really be, uh, should really hit home, right? Derek Jeter's on the ballot this year for the first time. He's coming up. And uh, Larry Walker played about 800 fewer games and a higher war in his career. And Derek Jeter is going to go in celebrating, and he's going to go in in his first ballot, and Larry Walker's going to scratch the scratch in the He's a shortstop who's a below average shortstop at a position where defense yes. is a priority. That's part of right. That's part of it. Right. And we're well, not good at measuring good. defense, but War tries, and even there, it's not given him correct. It's it sees Larry Walker correctly yeah. as one of the greatest right fielders who played. Like it matches up with the eye test on stuff like that. So I do think it helps when when we're trying to explain how good Walker was to have that 72.2 WAR number there just when because I don't I don't use it in, I know when it's brought up for like all-star games or like this year you know should a guy be in the all-star game oh look at his WAR get out of here with that but yeah. over the course of 12 years you, if you're that good you're going to accumulate the, the, it's going to be hard to hide the numbers I think Everybody knows you guys love each other. Hey, the thing is, is that we do this. We do this is regular, but it's usually on Twitter. And then we come in here in the, into the press box or in the cafeteria, and then we just start talking baseball. Also, this goes on inside front offices in Major League Baseball. I want to make that clear too. Yeah. This exact fight is happening sure, well, in front fewer offices. And fewer because the people in charge are much more into it, and they're getting rid of the people who might. Challenge it. And that's the worst thing you can do is that if you're trying to deal with things, you need the people on both sides that are going to challenge you right. on what you're saying based off what they know. Because if you don't, you don't find the weaknesses in your argument. Well, that's right. Now, there's, there's one team that's getting rid of all their scouts and they're going to use analytics to scout high school players. And, and, and now, how are you going to scout a high school player in Maine? And compared to a high school player in Southern California or Arizona, Florida, absolutely, and, and try and do it on a statistical analysis, you can't. You, you can't do it. Do it on statistical analysis and all the work alone. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah. You can't do it alone. Because uh, Sandy Johnson was a scouting director in, in, in Texas, and he would never send his New England scout to Snowbird in Florida like a lot of teams do. And I, I asked him once why. He goes. Because if he goes down and watches a month of kids playing in Florida, and then he goes back to Maine, he'll never see a prospect. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And how, and how yeah. Keller, when we were in Seattle, he had a guy, Bill Kearns, who scouted for him until he died at 88 years old. And he had a guy named Bob Harrison who scouted Southern California. And he said, I always have to take four points off of Harrison's ratings of guys. If Harrison had... And uh, if they have, both have a guy in, I have to take four points off Harrison because he sees so many good players that he rates them higher. For Billy Kearns, yeah. when he saw Bill Swift, he had a hard time rating Bill Swift as high as he rated him because he wasn't used to seeing an amateur player at that level on a consistent basis. So when he did, he starts to question himself for getting too carried away. It's where the bar gets set, but right? Yeah, that's a scouting director. That Those are scouting directors that are like, i got to know my people. I have to know where they're scouting and what they're doing so I can understand what their scouting evaluation means compared to this other guy. But that's the context of it all is, you know, between analytics and just straight scouting, is there has to be that context. Going back to the conversation as far as manager of the year, you know, there's no way that you can use analytics to figure that out. Right? Analytics is just analyzing what is analyzable. For lack of a better yeah, yeah. And let me so jump in. Let me let me analyze, especially like managing a team. You can't analyze that. I want to jump into something real quick too. If you're an anti-analytics guy, you could say, 
Well, obviously you can't vote for the guy that has the team loses all the analytics because he doesn't really manage. They hand it to him from upstairs. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. Can, can, can we all agree here? No. Hunter, Hunter Pence. I'm not no. Agree with no, 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 no. Let me just, let me just, let me just, let me just no, no. In, in private, I'll agree with you. The steel folding chair is still in sight. Um, can we all agree here that Hunter Pence has been a has been a pretty impactful major league player. Sure. All right. Can we all agree on yeah. that? If you used analytics only to, to assess Hunter Pence oh, when so he was in <laughs> high school, you're not drafting the guy, right? Right. Quirky approach to the game and every, every piece of it. So, I mean, the fact is that that's the part of analytics that scares me the most probably is that teams are going to miss on guys because they, they look at all the data but they don't see the player. To Tracy's point, you don't know what the guy, what's in the kid's head. You don't know what's in his heart. You don't know what drives him. There's no analytic out there right now that's going to measure that. So again, to kind of to get back to your point, Manny, it's got to get somewhere in the middle, I think. And to Tracy's point, you got to have guys in a, in, a, in a draft day meeting that are going to argue the hell out of this. Well, I mean, you, even without a, the ISAM, the test your mental toughness, there's six teams that passed on. Kershaw because he didn't have a high ISAM score. Well, I think I think. And, and, and when uh, Griffey Jr. Dick Balderson was like, "I gotta have him." They finally sent a scout in to sit with him and do the after two tests because his scores were coming in so low. So those, that's two of the best players in the game. Well, it's, I think I think those are probably <laughs> look. I, I haven't I haven't read the question, but I haven't I haven't undergone one. But I think those 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 kind of uh, evaluations are more like the SATs when I took them. Yeah. Which is like my SAT scores weren't that good, but I had like a three nine GPA when I went to college. So it's not like if you don't test well, it doesn't mean that you're not a, you're not whatever. So that's that's kind of different, I think, from from the way we're trying to apply advanced metrics now. It's not strictly by the numbers. I think the, the conversation here is between, you know, let's 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 kumbaya here between the old school and the new school. No. And, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Tracy. He wants to go nuclear. Yeah, right. and Tracy yeah. wanting to go nuclear and basically nuking <laughs> the stats. Up. Ready for it. Um, but that, that's kind of that's kind of a summary. But we have the great Thomas Harding here, and we need yep. to hear the wisdom, the poetry that comes from this. We do. Well, I just want to grow up to be like all of you guys. But, um, no, is this a camera or is this a microphone? It's a microphone, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like, all of us, what a split personality. <laughs> I think it's a robot vacuum Scouting, and I start hearing how analytics are coming more into it. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time buying it. I mean, if a guy is hitting whatever in high school and you have a bunch of numbers, what difference does it make? He's hitting against high school people. You're looking for certain things. Does he have the hand-eye coordination to get to a ball? Not does he have a launch angle, because there are, there are people on YouTube that are teaching kids launch angle, and the kid doesn't even know how to read a pitch, doesn't know how to pick up the ball out of the guy's hand. He's hitting off a machine in a building. Kid has what is a velocity? He develops the velocity by pro hopping and throwing as hard as he possibly can. Guess what? It's not pitching a baseball. Yeah, they don't let you do that. I think that's against the rules. They don't let you pitch like that. No, I'm talking about <laughs> yeah, right, it in, right. In those. Right. You know, it, you're not going to get to cross apply it's that. It's amazing technique. how every town has an elite has a batting cage, a pitching guru, and elite teams that are traveling around. There aren't that many elite people. I mean, I live in Broomfield, and I don't know when By the, the way, last this guy. Is, this is this is this is one of the elite people they're talking about. This is one of the elite people. And I don't no, know that Thomas there's Hardy. anybody from Broomfield in the major leagues right now, but yet there are batting cages that are telling them they're elite. I mean. Um, so what's happening is I, I feel like the analytics are a scout has to show his GM or scouting director, hey, I did all this research. Look at this. And then they get in the room, let's look at your research. How about looking at the play? And I think that I think there's a real problem with it because if you if you look at statistical research, especially on high school guys, um, they're like I, I worked in Memphis for a lot of years. You know, Mickey Callaway came out of there, a bunch of other, a few other players that made the major leagues. Tim McCarver. Yeah, well, Tim McCarver a long time ago. Yeah, yeah the great Tim McCarver. But 
You kid. The announcer, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carlton's caddy. Yeah. 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 But what bothered me was there were a number of schools that for one reason or another either barely had baseball or didn't have baseball, didn't play very many games, and maybe the kids couldn't afford to travel. I remember Penny Hardaway, great basketball player. He's coaching at the University of Memphis, played a long time in the NBA. He said his first sport was baseball, and he loved it. But after he got to about middle school, there literally was no place to play baseball. I mean, yeah. we've got to find ways to get more people involved in baseball and actually look at and actually look and say, hey, I can teach this. I, I can't teach hand-eye coordination. I can't teach speed. I can't teach a net for throwing a ball where you want to throw it. But man, if you are able to do that, we can teach the heck out of I want to get everyone's uh, yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's a similar story, I think, to Tracy Brady, who saw his NBA career was over. He went, I think, against like Sugarland Skeeter somewhere in the Atlantic League. But you know, little leagues and towns, they try to do similar to the NFL, have the pump pass and kick. And they do the same thing for baseball when they try to have you know, the throw, hit, catch, stuff like that as well. But again, if you don't have that organized team uh, of Bluefield Elites, then it's going to be really hard when you get to middle school. Bluefield uh, Elites. You know, was the case with him. That yeah, yeah. and then nowadays, if you're a late bloomer, football's been a great sport for late bloomers. Basketball, as long as you're tall, even if you can barely walk and chew gum, if you're tall, they're going to work with you all the way to you. Baseball, what we do, I mean, like the Little League World Series is a beautiful event and a horrible event because it cannibalizes the local Little League. You play your little season, then you keep just adding players to one team and going on and on and on, and the kids back in the in, in the normal Little League, their season's over. I mean, if we can, that would be one way to kind of correct some of this. It's like, hey, the kids who go to the Little League World Series, fine, but that Little League back in Bismarck, North Dakota, or back in um, Los Angeles keeps playing for a couple more months so you can develop more talent. So I wanted to get us, but we can keep on all the analytics stuff too because it's fantastic. But I did want to bring up one more thing from the article that we haven't touched on yet because I think. Even though Walker's Hall of Fame candidacy and, and helps into it was six thousand words, it was it was a huge. Trend. But the, I, there, there's one. It, it wasn't one award. It was actually the two things that happened in 2007 that just threw me out. Yes, sir. Yes. What's the first word of the headline? War. Second word, and. Third word, peace. This is war and peace. This is the word. We we can absolutely make that the headline of this right. podcast. I think it should be. We haven't met. We don't have peace. Which replacement? Replacement. We can come peace up. Peace Peace is. So, in, speaking of wins above replacement, in 2007, Matt Holiday and Jimmy Rollins were basically even, and we weren't using wins above replacement that year, but they were basically even. Matt Holiday hit 340, 36 home runs, 50 doubles, 137 RBI. Jimmy Rollins didn't come close to any of that. We all know he played fantastic defense at short. Uh, and the Phillies were considered more legitimate than the Rockies, who ended up playing in the World Series and sweeping those Phillies out of the postseason. But it was the other thing that happened in Tampa. So that was, you could maybe justify that, right? But then Troy Tulowitzki was not Rookie of the Year. Ryan Braun was. And he didn't win the Gold Glove. So if defense is that important, and defense at shortstop is that important, for Jimmy Rollins to win him, what in the world? Ryan Braun was so bad on defense, he had to change positions. He was worse in left field than any year of Dante Bichette's career. We talked defense was the only thing that stopped him from winning uh, MVP in 95. So what in the world happened in 2007? Well, first of all, to uh, add to that, I think it was Baseball America gave... Brian Braun an award at the winter meetings. He's at the podium. Are you there for this? And he went to pick up the award. He kind of fumbled it and then grabbed it. Oh, and I'm like, that says everything. E seven. Yeah, it's like I'll tell you. It was like um, people said, oh. They, they would, maybe back in the first year of the Rockies, they said, oh, the ball fly, flies out of course field. That's all anybody ever remembered. They never saw the Rockies go to They didn't play in a division with the Cubs, so, you know, you would, you would see Ryan Braun on television. It's almost like, well, gee, that guy's playing in that weird time zone. We know nothing about him. And, and that's where the vote came from. Yeah. Anything on 07? I mean, Holiday, that was the, I can remember being able to predict Matt Holiday hits more than I've ever been able to predict. When a guy was like a little off of this fastball today, you're like, Holiday's going three for four with a double and a homer. 
every time. Matt's, Matt's defense, Matt never known really for his defense. <laughs> no. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. But, um, you know, he, 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 he got through it. And he got through it. He had a wonderful year. Huge contributor to the success of that ball club that year. But I think it gets back, you know, through to what we talked about earlier. And, Thomas, before you came, we were talking about the Coors Field effect, right? You know, and, and, and what that does. And it's it's the same theme that's run through this uh, this epic saga that we've been going through right. this afternoon. You know, there's, there's, there is a bias against any player who plays at least half their ball games at Coors Field. It's well, undeniable. And I think his defense played into it. His defense became an easy excuse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was just not a part of the Ryan Braun conversation. And I will like, say, too, even though if you look at the Rockies, gosh, I'm going I'm to go all stack-casting. Their Pythagorean that particular year, they were exactly who they finished up as. But it's almost like they were forgotten about. Then there was just this big story. They were forgotten about by what? The who? <laughs> Pythagorean. The yeah. <laughs> I guess it was an No, Pythagoras. Yeah. Yeah. I had that yeah. once. It's not good. No, Pythagoras, he actually That's was not a, well. a, Thanks, Ed. a second baseman in the Red Sox. If you get a sauteed, it's better if you get a sauteed than <laughs> Pythagoras was a four-tool player, right? Yes. Yeah. But what happened was... That's unbelievable use that word. At the end of the season, you would have thought, actually, that the crazy ending to the Rockies season would have maybe swayed some votes the way of their players, but I really it hurt believe... Them, didn't it? I think it hurt I, them because yeah. people were saying, well, this is just a flash in the pan, late season bloom, and right. they didn't they didn't uh, give them the credit, and then they got lucky, the critics got lucky because then they had to sit for nine days while the Indians blew the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are so, people, friends of mine who had worked for the Cleveland Indians at the time of... I remember for years, I would say up until about two years ago, some of them when we were talking, they'd almost have tears in their eyes talking about how Rockies Indians was the rightful World Series. What happened to this? You know? And the Rockies, they cried a little too. I mean, now I think they get together and there are no tears for their sadness. And you know what else happened that year was Jeff Francis came in ninth in Cy Young voting behind Jose Valverde, a relief pitcher. For the, in fact, there were I think there were three Diamondbacks pitchers and two Padres pitchers ahead of the of, of Jeff Francis in Cy Young voting in, in 2007. He went 17 and nine. His ERA and wins. Sorry to set up Ringlesby again, but his ERA and wins was 218. His ERA and losses was 824. He earned his 17 and nine record for a team that went to the World Series, and ninth in Cy Young voting. Where's the Coors Field effect there? Well, where was Freeland last year? Why is he fourth? fourth. Right, and, and DeGrom. Now, okay, yeah. I get your there thing There were people that even criticized me for not having Marquez right with Freeland. So there were two guys that. You know, but, I mean, and Freeland, I, and I have Freeland had a 240 ERA at Coors yeah. Field and a 275 for the season, right. lowest in history. Yep. He's ninth on the list for exactly that reason. A 2.40 ERA at Coors Field over 95 or 93.2 innings. We might not see anyone do that again. Maybe if they fix the baseball, maybe we will. Yeah. But by the gentlemen, I'm going to have to roll. Thank you very much for right stopping in, Thomas. We're going to wrap this thing up here anyway. Um, Ed has taken off as well. I think it's time for everyone to go. That was a I've truly had enough of Manny. Manny, I'll see you next week. Tracy's tapping out. Oh, always good stuff. Um, uh, and and I, I just want to conclude there, too, by saying, and I was talking to Chad Pettis about this today, and literally he was like, we need to talk more. I'm, I've got, like, future conversation with Pettis set up. Because all this stuff we were talking about, how when the Rockies go on the road and the OPS and the stuff that gets all screwed up for them if they're better on the road, it's the inverse but what we're talking about here with Freeland Francis not Jimenez, because he pitched better on the road like a normal human being would do, but John Gray. Anyone who pitches better here, they're not given the credit for it in ERA plus or ERA minus well, or whatever. I, 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 would, I, would, I would push back against that a little bit. Not, here's what I'll say. Um, ERA plus, whether, whether you agree with how it's calculated or not, and to the degree to which it may... Uh, be more harsh on Rockies pitchers has a park adjustment in there. Yeah. And that's it's only on, harsh on them if they pitch better at home. And that's based on run environment. Right. So there, there's it's it's 
it's accounted for. It's just a question of is it accounted for correctly? Exactly. And I think that's where you know you have you have the issue. And I agree with you there that you know um, WRC plus ERA plus. OPS Plus, I mean, they leave a lot to be desired. But they're better but they're than the, half but than But they're the half. best of what we have right now. One day, somebody in this small market of ours is going to have the time and um, the wherewithal. You and I are going to do this. Maybe more me than you, but I'm going to have you as a resource for this. We're going to figure this out. We'll have the wherewithal to do this, yeah. Patrick's really the one who's going to do it, but we're going <laughs> we're, we're to take credit to, for to it. Go and, to go and actually, um, you know, take it a step further, you know, take it to that level where we're trying to get a little bit more precise on park adjustments and things like that. And that's a, I say that humbly because this is not something that's just, you can just do it. You know, it's not just something that you can flip a switch and, uh, oh, here's all we have to do. We just had to carry the one here. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And that's why, I mean, that's why nobody's done it yet because it's a tremendous amount of work and it takes a lot of, a know-how and a lot of uh, experience and you know so that's something that I don't you know I don't presume to have and, and also that um, you know and that all, yeah, that's the other thing it, it requires you to have a specific the right person to do it right you know so it, that's why we don't have it yet but what we have is what we have and that's what we use I mean, do, you, do you think there are some teams that do have this kind of analytics for so market adjustment. Because think be. about it, the greatest minds in baseball are not writing about baseball and inventing new statistics. They're doing baseball. They're being, they're doing it. Or they used to write about baseball and now they are in front of Exactly. If, you, if you're, your analytics are that tight when you're on the outside, someone's going to pull you in. We've seen that happen to a lot of guys, yeah. especially the fan guys. That's all proprietary. Yeah. No, but I, I don't see why they, why they would. It's funny because to go back to the, the argument before, we're bringing up about the Astros, it's like a, it, it seems like it's not up for much debate because their you know, the system that Jeff Luna kind of employed, you know, JD Martinez, of course, was from the previous administration, if you will. Um, but you know, ultimately, the Pirates, in a matter of six months, both traded away Garrett Cole and traded for Chris Archer. Who won that deal? You know, the Astros obviously came out ahead uh, with their two years of Garrett Cole. We see how he's made that growth, and Chris Archer is taking a step backwards. You also see what the Astros do with guys they bring in. Um, Aaron Sanchez is, is, is not going to, I think he's out for the season or something now, but uh, suddenly his, his curveball usage spiked. Yeah. You know, when he went to the Astros. Oh, big time. They are, they are, they are uh, talk about spin rate. Um, they are spin rate savants over there. These guys, I mean, Charlie Morton was over there. You saw what he did with the curveball. These guys um, in that, their analytics department um, actually, you know, you can see a difference very quickly when they acquire players because they are pinpointing, okay, this is what you need to do more of, this is what you need to do less of. Brian Presley is number one. Yeah, Brian right. Presley's the guy. Right. They think about for that. Exactly. So they're, they're, that's that's the thing. And then you know, Tracy says things like, you know, well, you know, they, they only have one. Know, I get the sense he doesn't like the Astros more than he didn't like the Sabermans. He's not still sitting here, but uh, not to you know speak out of school. It's a beautiful thing what the Astros have done because they have done that thing that we're arguing about, which is, uh, or that that we're all trying to come to, which is the middle ground. Finding the middle. Which is I don't know, they dude. Are, they are still shifting on Tony Walters. Yeah, that that's a point against. Yeah, <laughs> that's, but, that's but, a, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is that they have five guys in this era of openers and bullpenning. Bull they have five guys that can go out there and pitch, and they can go long, right? Right. And they're and and, and yet this is the Astros, the most perhaps the most analytically inclined team in baseball. The team that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated 15 with a prediction that they'd win in in uh, 17, and they did. Uh, or maybe it was 13. I don't know. The first one. Was but yeah, it was through that. Yeah. Nevertheless, this this is a this is a team that is held up as the model team to for as far as analytics, and yet. They have those principles. They not. They don't want to see long live the starting pitcher. That's why I always say right. they don't. It's not like you don't want the starting pitcher to be there. It's not like you don't want a guy like Garrett Cole who can go nine innings. <laughs> Everybody and wants strike that guy. Out Seventeen guys. Right. It's it's that we it's that we understand that some teams don't have the resources to do that like there is, and therefore they have to go and implement new strategies. Doesn't make that strategy bad. Right. You know, and that's why you know I, I think we were having that discussion. Tracy's lumping everybody into one one kind of group right. where it's like let's be smart about this we should no we're not going to sit you know in our in a basement and use a computer to evaluate uh, talent right all just a computer we we're going right. to go out there right. and see the guy play right. but nevertheless advanced metrics are very useful I, I understand where he's coming from because yes analytics has always been there but i think the buzz right now is the new ways we're able to analyze the game with 
yes, with stack yes, looking at launch angle and exit velocity and things of that nature. So because we have that, now we're, we're looking at players differently. We're saying, actually, you know what? Or you hit a ball, the more likely it's going to fall in for a hit, or the more likely you're going to you're going to stroke one out. It's going to be gone for a home run, and now we maybe need to, to target those guys. And that's all right if you strike out and hit a homer every other at bat. So it's it's how analytics is evolving, and that's what's exciting about it. It's always been there, yeah, and, no and, doubt, and, and, and but it's look, growing. Let's not underestimate the the um, the stubbornness in baseball. Baseball is a sport that is steeped in tradition. It is a sport that, uh, and I love baseball history. You know, I mean, I'm a baseball history buff, just just like I, I do stack stuff. I mean, I really I taught a class on it at BU. Saber trivia finalist. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that it doesn't have to be either or. But the thing is, is that it's a very slow process in this sport because of the history, because of how we cherish records and old old ways of doing things. So that's part of it. Too. And I, and I think, too, to, to get back to the conversation that began this whole thing between myself and uh, Chad Pettis, because he said something to me that I saw misinterpreted in some other circles where he said, you know, you, you could ask every pitcher in here, they might have a different answer for the Coors problem. And that was seen as some kind of lack of guiding philosophy because if you've got the numbers that tell you Coors does X, well, then you should do why? And I think what Bettis was doing was carving out the exact kind of middle ground you're saying. It's like, we understand, or we're really starting to get to a place where we understand what Coors Field does. Now, it's taken 25 years, but how do we solve that? And is it the same solution for every guy? And I think what they're actually on the brink of now is figuring out it's not. They used to think it was. Uh, Ringlesby invoked Bill Guybet earlier. I'll say during the Guybet era, it was. Just get guys that can go throw sinkers. Like he said, don't throw any curveballs ever. It was a one-size-fits-all solution to the course problem. Now, it's way messier. John Gray has his solution to the course field problem. Chad Bettis has his. Jeff Hoffman's trying to find his. You know? And, 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 and I don't think it can be. I think you've got to let analytics drive some of it, but you've got to let the individual human, each individual human, also have their own solution to the problem. It goes to the, it goes to the third time through thing, the third time through the order argument. That's right. That's not one size fits all as much as people want it to be. You know, it, it, you're not going to pull you're not going to pull Scherzer third time through, are you? No. You know, last year you weren't going to pull Freeland the third time through. No. Um, unless his pitch count was 120. Right. So, um, you know, it is not one size fits all. It never is. It's just the idea is to utilize what you have at your disposal, which we have more tools now than we ever had before, um, and optimize that use utilization. That's what you got to do. And, and the Rockies are doing that with that human element piece because their AAA ballpark is, is equally up at five, 6,000 feet above sea level in Albuquerque. So they're trying to say, all right, look, regardless of, of what analytics may say or what pitches you might throw, you need to mentally get past this hurdle because you're going to be dealing with that. And, and no amount of analytics or spin rate or anything like that is really going to overcome that. All right, Manny, you were the last all-star guest panelist remaining. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you ran the gauntlet there. You made it longer than any of them. But that was a lot of fun. I think this that was... was yeah. This was really enjoyable. We had a lot of good, a lot of voices. It's something that... I had a lot of fun just, just hearing whatever everyone else had to say. We, we, we got into some debates, some, some heated debates. Got a little heated for a minute there, which is good. Uh, which is good. It's always fun to do that. That's what makes good podcasting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and we really probably we went almost two hours. We could have gone another two if everyone had time, I think. But uh, well, maybe we'll do a follow up some sometime. I'm sure you and I will be talking. I, I will say this before we end it. Um, and I told I told you about this, Drew. But uh, Saber is going to host a Walker Hall of Fame event um, in which we all get together and basically make the case for Larry Walker. It's it's not like we're trying to change people's minds right here, but it is something that the National Saber Group may pick up and they may kind of run with it. Who knows? And so therefore, we want to make that happen. Wayne Hagen is gonna, uh, the original voice of the Rockies on the radio uh, on KOA is going to MC it. He basically um, saw Walker all the way through from here, um, beginning here, uh, and all the way through St. Louis because he broadcasted there too. So um, please uh, keep an eye out on, on Twitter from Saber, uh, Saber Rocky and also from me, Manny, on MLB when we uh, get more details for you on that. And I'll be retweeting all of that stuff as well. And we'll be doing more stuff 
as many eventually gets us all that book. We're looking forward to it so much. We're going to be doing some fun things. Uh, I don't know exactly. We're still working on plans, but we're obviously going to talk about it once it's out. Um, I, I want to make sure that we can do some fun things. I know we'll be buying some copies from the, the BSN Denver side and doing some giveaways for fans and things like that. Um, those and, 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 you know, it's going to be a lot of fun because... You know, I, I mentioned, I think, one of the stories uh, that's in there. I don't remember now what it was. But yeah, we've been talking there. for it's a while. So yeah. um, but, uh, oh, it was the Bichette College story. Right. But, um, but stuff like that. These guys were great. They gave, you know, yes, there's going to be a case made for Walker with, with numbers. But there's also stuff that a lot of people don't know about these guys. And, and the idea behind this book, you think they were great, they were even better than that. I think that's the best place to wrap it up. So thank you all so much for listening, especially if you listen to both episodes. This is definitely a two-parter. Make sure you're following everyone on social media. I would, Ed's the only one who's not on social media. But, you know, I, anyone listening to this, you're following Tracy Ringlesby, Thomas Harding. Patrick Saunders actually did sit yeah. here for a good 10 and 15 minutes and listen to us and didn't get a chance to jump in. That was kind of funny. He came in the middle of the fisticuffs there a little bit. Yeah, Patrick got up. We'll, we'll make sure to talk to Patrick sometime coming up soon, too. Uh, Kevin Henry of Rocks Pile, make sure that you're following him and, and checking out all of their stuff. Uh, and then, of course, us at Patrick D. Lines, at Drew Creaseman, at BSN Rockies. A like, share, and subscribe on Facebook is always good. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and to bsndenver.com so you can read that 6,000 word gargantuan piece that we've been talking about here today. And head over to bsndenvermerch.com and get yourself a cool t shirt. For everyone on today's podcast, I cannot thank you enough. I hope you will continue to be absolutely awesome. I promise you I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Hey guys, I was just sitting here talking to Lindsay about Total Bev's new app. It's incredible. You can shop 5,000 different wines, 2,000 beers, 3,500 spirits, anytime, anywhere. Better yet, you can have Total Beverage shop for you and pick it up inside prepaid and waiting for you. Wait a second, that is so cool. So can I still get it delivered if I use the app? Absolutely, I know you guys have heard of their delivery service. Total Beverage will deliver to your house within 90 minutes or less. We can even save you 10 bucks on a purchase of 50. Use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout. What's also amazing, BSN fam, if you can't find an item you want, Total Bev will give you suggestions of similar items on the shelf, or you can request a special item right from your phone. It really doesn't get much better than that. Remember, use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout to save. That's T-O-T-A-L-L-Y 10.